Guiding Light really taught me that, you know, vulnerability does not equal weakness. Um, and yeah, you know, I'm smart enough to read between the lines like, oh, that's a fun phrase. Like, yeah, that makes sense to me. That, that works well on a slogan. But now I live it and it's a much different way. Listening to Casting Light, stories of recovery and hope, told inside Guiding Light. This is a podcast series presented by Guiding Light and sponsored by Treadstone Funding. We'd like to thank Treadstone Funding for making this podcast series possible. My name is Phil Tower. I've been with you on each of these several episodes we have recorded. This happens to be episode number 19, and each one of these are actual stories of recovery. And hope, uh, every man telling a different story. We've had some women telling stories, some parents, uh, some team members here at Guiding Light. We hope you will go back and listen to some past episodes as well. Uh, Every one of these stories you hear is real, and we appreciate the men for sharing those stories. It's my honor and pleasure to welcome to our microphone for this Casting Light episode, Victor. Victor is a former Guiding Light recovery client. Uh, came through the doors of Guiding Light, you said, in October, Victor, of 2018? Yes. Yeah, it seems just like yesterday. Every man has a story from before they walk through those doors, and that's a story in itself, walking through those doors for the first time. But you, I have have it on background for my inside sources here at Guiding Light. You have an intervention story, which I'm eager to hear, and I hope you'll share for our listeners. What happened that you ended up here? A lot of things happened. Um, It's very hard to completely tell the entire story because there will always be parts that will be missed. But I try to always, when asked, to share my story, to to just do it from the heart, um, to remember, um, you know, what comes to mind. And, you know, my story started long ago, uh, born in the Dominican Republic, uh, immigrated here when I was five. It was something that obviously was not at that age. I was so young, four or five years old, that it was not something that really came to mind, like, oh, I'm new to a country. It was just, we're moving to a different apartment or we're moving to a different house. And so, you know, growing up as the child of an immigrant, it slowly started dawning on me that I am a little different or, you know, I am an outsider, uh, so to speak, when it comes to my background culturally. And, you know, you watch so much TV and you're like, you know, I think I am a little different. So growing up, insecurity plagued uh, me more than I would have been able to admit then or even acknowledge or notice. Uh, Growing up, though, I definitely began to kind of fall into a very insecure place. I did well in school. I grew up in a very uh, disciplined family. Uh, We didn't come from money. Uh, but our shirts were tucked in. It was something that was just instilled in us from very long. So, you know, with that added pressure uh, to perform well at everything that we do, um, and that is at zero blame to my parents. They only wanted the best for me with the little that they had. And so we're a very tight family, um, but there was just this insecurity that really was 
I believe, the cornerstone to my addiction um, because Guiding Light taught me it's not the addiction that's killing us. There's something much more personal. Mm-hmm. It, it, it wasn't until, you know, getting into high school where, you know, I started noticing like, wow, I'm moving into such a large high school that it is very easy to, you know, fall on the wayside. Uh, you have these plans of making varsity sports, being top of your class, and suddenly you're in such a large pool that it made it almost impossible for me to ever feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Even though I did well, uh, earned a scholarship uh, to Grand Valley, which I quickly uh, decimated with poor attendance and poor effort, um, I pretty much went to school to, you know, for a cash grab. Uh, so I started, I was like, oh, I'm going to major in accounting and uh, oh, I'm going to do this or that. Failed that. And that was, I believe, the, f- the first real tipping stone for me was when, you know, something that seems so just natural in the process of evolving as a young man to have failed in my eyes so miserably at such a great opportunity was something that I really held on to for a long time. So it, it, sure, it was the party and the drinking that really took that opportunity away from me. But all that stemmed from just my inability to really acclimate to this new environment of, you know, you're on your own now, you have to show up yeah. and you got to, they're, they're not going to hold your hand. And so the drinking continued to persist. The partying continued uh, more than ever. Which is easy to do at college, Victor. Very easy to do, even on a dry campus such as uh, GVSU. Um, But over time, sure enough, you know, the guilt and the shame started to really develop and coupled that with just this long-lasting sense of insecurity, it festered into a very unmanageable way of living and, you know, arrests three arrests. Um, Mm. It it was my life had basically started hanging on very thin rope. And it led to my first intervention, uh, where it was just my parents and my siblings. And it was, uh, hey, you need help. We love you. Go to AA. So I did AA. And you know, it would work for a couple of weeks. I'd go and I'd pretend to be really working the steps, which I know to this day, having worked them finally, that I was nowhere near ready to work the steps because mm-hmm. I was just un- so unwilling to admit that I have the same problem that has plagued some of my family members. Like, I yeah. refuse to believe that that's the reason why I lost a lot of, a lot of hope. Um, I felt very undeserving. I exhausted all my sorries. And that first intervention was just, a, okay, whatever. You know, they'll mm. get over this very quickly. Fast forward to 2018, uh, right before getting to Guiding Light, um, I got to a uh, rumble on the streets, left me with a black eye. Uh, I get home because I was living with my parents at the time, and they saw me, took one look, and immediately they started making their phone calls, unbeknownst to me at the time. Um and I just remember one morning, my brother kind of comes in. He's not living with us, but, you know, he wakes me up. He's like, hey, can we talk? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah what's up? So I get up a little bit in bed, and he's like, no, can we talk in the living room? And I'm like, Ugh, okay, let me get up. And so I walk myself to the living room, and, you know, as any addict, any alcoholic who has ever faced an intervention, when you turn a corner or you enter a room and you see that circle, that is a very familiar very uh, aggravating, very loving, but 
really, really aggravating circle to see. It's not what you want to see. No, my defenses immediately started to build up. I was like, okay, here we go. I know how this goes. I'm a fan of the show Intervention as an addict myself. (laughs) So it was like, fine, you're going to share your stories. Let's hear this. Um, I'll, I'll just wait for my rebuttal and listen patiently. And I thought, sure, let's just get through this. They'll get over it, just like the last time. Well, this circle involved extra people, and that shook me a little. It was no longer just my parents and my siblings. It now included my uncle, my cousin, my brother's fiance, and it was like, wow, you're going to put me on this? So right off the bat, I come into the second intervention just with defenses up and feeling attacked uh, when Mm -hmm. that couldn't be further from the truth. We speak a lot about rock bottoms. We speak a lot about different breakthroughs. For me, rock bottom had always, if I were to describe it to anyone at that time, was, oh, you're probably, you know, either homeless, you're jobless, um, you lost everything, you probably just got out of jail. At that time, I honestly had a good job, had a car, lived with my parents, but two out of three ain't, you know, terrible. I'm shooting 66%, so life has got to be great. No, it wasn't at all. Uh, Rock bottom for me, and I've said this in so many meetings, is for me was of a very spiritual variety, which is not something that I could have ever imagined. And that's Mm. sometimes what rock bottom is for some people, is something unexpected, um, because it's not always going to be what is depicted in television or movies. But those defenses immediately came down when, you know, the circle, everyone's going through their stories, now, mind you, I have to my right my brother. He's my young. He's my younger brother. I'm the oldest of three. He's the one who woke you up. He's the one that woke me up. Um, he is, you know, he's a doctor now. Um, he is my best friend. He is someone that I don't believe in the term perfect Christian, but he does a very. He lives a very good moral life and he's has a always man stuck of faith. to it. Man of faith, right. man of his word. He's a man of God, and that's in, it, that's inscribed in his Michigan State ring. Because mm. that is who he is through and through, and there's no question. The crazy thing about him is that he's not a crier uh, at all, whatsoever. I've seen him maybe cry once or twice in his life. Very tough kid. Mm-hmm. My mother is sitting probably a little bit to my left. Again, my brother's to my right. And it wasn't until you know my mother started reading that I started getting a little emotional, but I was still with my defenses up. And she loving me so much, got on her knees and crawled the um, three to four feet distance, crawled to me, looking me in my eyes, crying. And I just remember her head uh, placing my knee, my left knee. And I instantaneously or simultaneously, the moment that her head touched my left knee, my brother to my right started sobbing uncontrolling like uncontrollably like more than i've ever thought that he could you know cry and it was right there and then is when i knew okay wow defenses immediately erased um at that point i became desperate enough to just let go um and say fine you guys want me to do this or that? And the crazy part, too, is that with my defenses coming up to that second intervention, I was like, look, guys, I have a good job. Um, I have bills to pay. And they're like, Victor, we took care of everything. We just want you yeah. to get help. We found this program. It's Guiding Light, and it's absolutely free. And I was like, Dad, 
that was my that was my <laughs> first rebuttal was that it's expensive to get help. You you had already set up your. I mean, this you were like a a witness for the prosecution. You were you were ready, you know, or a witness for the defense. I should say you you were ready with your rebuttals, but that completely. Oh yeah. I mean that that was that was a a play out of the playbook. You were not expecting and. Beside it completely kind of taking you off your defensiveness, was there something to have? You, you said that was the turning point right there. Was that what you were describing as the rock bottom? Yeah, yeah, it was rock bottom for me. And it wasn't the loss of a job or, you know, loss of transportation. I, so I had a future. Um, I was to me, managing my drinking, uh, it couldn't be that bad. I still was working. No one at work knows or knew. But I was struggling, and, you know, and I was hopeless. Um, and rock bottom to me was when my brother started crying, and my mom, right at the moment that my mom was basically begging me on her knees with her head on my knee. Wow. Yeah. So you check into the recovery program at Guiding Light, and this is October 2018? Yeah. As you look back on that version of Victor and where you are today, and I, I, I have to say there's video for this podcast if you're listening to the audio version, you, you look like you could have walked out of, um, I mean, you're a good-looking young man, and you look like you have it together. You're a confident, well-spoken, articulate young man of far, uh, far more experience in life than a lot of people your age. As you said, you, you lived a lot. But as you look back on that version of Victor and where you are today, what, what comes into your mind? That is a very good question. It's night and day. Is it, it is hard though, Victor, or is it hard it's to easy. look back? Is it hard to look back, or is no, it, no, no, okay. no? It's it's not hard to look back. Um, Guiding light taught me that, you know. Guiding Light AA both taught me that, you know, the past is the past. Uh, it's something that I like to live by to this day is that, you know, your past doesn't need you. Um, your future does. Um, and it's something I can't remember where I heard that from. Um, but looking back at the person that I was, it, you know, I, I do feel sad for the kid mm-hmm. that was too unwilling to confront challenges um, both internally and externally and handle them, you know, as most adults should when confronted with issues. I just had a drinking problem to go with it. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. You talked about understanding and what, what a powerful thing it was to understand. It was an insecurity An insecurity. I don't feel like I belong. I feel lost in high school um, that led to the substance abuse and the drinking, but it is such a common thing for so many young adults to feel that insecurity. I, and it's almost like I see you today and I think, man, you would be so great sharing your story at the high school level and even at the junior high level. I don't know if that's in the cards for you, but you have a gift, Victor. I mean, you're really good at sharing this story. Um, I'm wondering from a parental standpoint, how it is for you and your mom and dad and your family today. You guys look back on that. and I mean, does your mom ever relive that moment? And I know this may be hard for you to talk about. It's I'm getting emotional thinking about it. I mean, it's such an amazing thing 
And as a parent, you'll know that someday to have that emotion where you literally crawl across the floor in a complete, completely selfless act of love. Yeah, they really loved me. Yeah. Um, I couldn't ask for a better set of parents. Yeah, and um, we actually, when we celebrated my three-year, they surprised. <laughs> they surprised. They you. surprised me with another circle. Wow. And it was one very reminiscent of that. A lot of the same people. Yeah. That was a wow. Lot, a lot of the same people. And uh, it's crazy too because like I would always cry telling the second intervention story. Um, but it was this third one that I think kind of made it much more okay to um, tell that story without tearing up. But yeah. they all shared just how proud of uh, me they are. And uh, I was bawling uh, listening to them. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was very rewarding and I'm super appreciative of that moment. You know what I love about that? It's the best kind of intervention. It's a celebration intervention yeah, it really changed not, the not many guys get to have not many people get to have that kind of an intervention and i thank you so much for telling that story i um i almost could feel the the emotion as you were talking about that and what a cool thing to have what a cool thing to be able to <laughs> do you know how many times you better get this story together because you're gonna have to tell your kids and grandkids someday gladly and that is going to be a game changer for them um, I've shared this conversation with so many men in this podcast series that that admitting you're weak is the greatest sign that you are stronger than probably 90% of the men out there. The, the men who think they're strong, who won't admit that weakness. Yeah, and I agree 100%. Um, Guiding Light really taught me that, you know, vulnerability does not equal weakness. Um, and yeah, you know, I'm smart enough to read between the lines like, oh, that's a fun phrase. Like, yeah, that makes sense to me. That that works well on a slogan. But now I live it. And it's a much different way. I'm speechless. I've done <laughs> 19 of these episodes. That's it. I'm out. Um, <laughs> can you finish the episode, Victor? Yeah. Um, I, I just, at this point in the podcast, I remind people, and I want you to help remind me as I wipe a tear, this didn't cost you a penny. This program is free to every man who walks through the door and who's willing to submit to the program. You got a wonderful push. It could have been a kick, but it was a loving push. Most unbelievable story I've heard in all these episodes. But with the donor support, those people you've never met, they made that possible. Isn't that kind of a mind-blowing thing for you? Yeah. When you think back on it? Absolutely. I would not have said yes you know, it, or at least it would have been a much harder yes to say yeah. to, um, because I would still have that, you know, excuse locked and loaded that, you know, oh, it's too expensive. But honestly, 
you know, I, I've been asked this before of just, you know, how appreciative I am of the donors. And I, there isn't enough words to really quantify the help that they yeah. provided me and my family. And I could not have done it without them. And, you know, it, one day if I, and I've given, and I have donated to Guiding Light, not a bunch, um, but I know that every little bit helps. Um, yeah. But I do hope to one day provide a lot more. What they are doing, Victor, and you know this, and I know this, those donors who are listening to this podcast or will be donors as soon as they're done listening or probably going to guidinglightworks.org to make that donation, they're providing this safe, secure, nurturing environment, filling the spiritual needs, the physical needs, the emotional needs, the mental needs, just the, the full spectrum of needs that every man in this every man in this recovery program needs. You can make a donation safely online and change the life of a man like Victor and so many more. GuidingLightWorks.org, GuidingLightWorks.org. Victor, I thank you for your story. Thank you. Sincerely, I appreciate everything that everyone that works under these uh, under this roof does for, this, uh, for the men, um, because I was one of those guys and still am, so thank you. Well, in the, in the phrase of paying it forward in life, you have made a substantial down payment today. So ah, thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. We hope you will continue to uh, enjoy and listen to this podcast. Subscribe to it. If you're not already subscribing, share or review and tell a friend. We hope you'll share Victor's powerful story. Man, I hope you will because I will be sharing it many, many times. With your help, with you on the other side, listening in your headphones or listening in your car, we can attract more listeners and grow this podcast ministry and share more stories of recovering hope. Again, thank you to Treadstone Funding for making this series possible. This is Casting Light, podcast series sharing stories of recovery and hope. I'm Phil Tower. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.